0: Hello and welcome to the River and Panhandle's weekly podcast. We are so excited that you are tuning in for this week's message. Before we get started, there are a few things that we would love for you to do. Share it, subscribe, and rate the podcast. So the message is about to begin. We hope that you are encouraged and that you always remember No role is insignificant. Every life matters, and go out and make a difference.
1: This is where we are today in Colossians one, verses twenty-four through twenty-nine. To be fully known, and to know the mysteries of God, to have some glimpse of who he is. That's what we want to look at this morning in Colossians 1. Will you pray with me as we start in verse 24? Jesus, I pray this morning that for those of us who walked into this place not entirely, not completely aware of why we're even here, God, I pray that that would shift this morning. That it would turn into something very special, remarkable, life-changing. That we would leave here today with an understanding that you deeply love us and you fully know us. And your invitation to us is that we know you, know what you're about. Help us to understand that this morning, Jesus. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Colossians 1, verse 24. Let's take this a verse at a time. Verse 24. Now, I rejoice in my suffering. Paul is writing this to the church at Colossae from prison. I rejoice in my suffering for your sake. He's talking to the church. And in my flesh, I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is the church. Now let's be really clear about something. When Jesus Christ came to earth and he suffered and he died, it was not incomplete. So Paul's not saying, I'm filling up something that Christ left unfilled. What he's literally saying is, I rejoice in my suffering. I am finishing on earth what Jesus Christ had already started. What Jesus began, I am completing. I want to see through. But it's not just a message about Paul the apostle. It's not just a message about the disciples and, and their work and then the priests and then the pastors. It's not just about that. This is a message for all of us. It's an invitation to not just live in suffering. That sounds, that sounds horrible. But to understand why we suffer. To understand why we ever would have to suffer in the first place. So here's what I know. There is no safe word with God that will put any suffering, affliction, pain, hurt, doubt, loneliness, none of it will come to an end with a safe word. You can put all of the safety markers in place in your life. You can be a good person. You can love others well. You can go to church. You can worship. You can give. You can go serve on a mission trip. You can do all the things. You can work hard. You can make a good living, provide for your family, be faithful to your wife or your husband or the people in your life to love your children well. You can discipline them appropriately. You can teach them God's word. You can do all the right things and be in good standing with everybody else. And something will always come into your life and ruin it. There's just stuff that happens in life that not just interrupts our lives, but it causes harm and injures us. And it makes us from time to time, it just makes us pause and ask the question, why? But your question should never be, why me? The question should always be, why this for me? You with me? You see the difference there? Not just why me, I'll tell you why you, because Jesus wants you to identify with himself. And Ephesians 5.1 says, be an imitator of God requires then on some level on this planet, we all endure pain. It's how he teaches us to understand the scars. And it's our own scars that helps us to identify with Jesus. And when we identify with Jesus, then we're free to live the life he wanted us to truly live. You with me? So hidden in the scary news is great news that suffering with Jesus makes us know him more. You with me? It's not a lot of fun. In fact, at times it's just downright wretched. But when we begin to see I'm suffering, Jesus suffered, Paul suffered, I'm one with the body of Christ, it completes in so many ways this communion that we even share together today. We taste the bread, we taste the, the juice, and it makes us one with each other and with God. That's communion And when we hurt and we fear and we doubt and we call on the name of Jesus, that's when we begin to identify with Jesus and we become one with him. Fully known, knowing him in some very special way. I can't remember who said this. I read this a long time ago um, and and I say it from time to time, but you don't really know that Jesus is all you need until you realize that He's all you've got. He's all you have. You can't know that Jesus is all you need until your eyes are open and you see He's all you have. To we cling to. That's where our hope is found. That's what it means to truly be known. To be known by Jesus. I don't want to turn somewhere else. Because that'll never fill my cup. It'll never heal me. It'll never make me right. Only Jesus can do that. That's who He is. That's what He wants for you. He wants you to identify with Him so that when you are pressed, that's where you run. It's not a last resort, it's the first resort, it's your first choice. Because Jesus knows you, and he knows the suffering. He knows the pain, and he identifies with you, and he knew that you were going to experience the hurt in your life. He even knew you were going to experience the good in your life. And Jesus steps in and says, everything good you have is from me. James 1, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of heavenly lights. He did everything good for us. It's what makes us able in some way to even walk through the hard. You know, the world has a radically different view of suffering or pain than the children of God do. The world looks at pain, suffering, brokenness, when things go bad, the world looks at it as an interruption. We, as children of God, should look at it as an invitation. Come be one with me. I know this is going to be terrible. But if you trust me, I'm going to walk you through this storm. I'm never going to leave you or forsake you. I will never abandon you. I'm going to be with you the whole time. And at the end of all of it, it's going to be you and me together in eternity in heaven with the Father. That's what he wants for us. It's not an interruption. Look at verse 25. So he's talking about for the sake of the body, that's us, that is the church. Verse 25, of which I became a, mem- a minister. Paul became a minister to the church according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known, the mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saint. I have been asked several times over the years um, when I had interviewed at churches before, a student pastor and pastor back in the days, and almost every time part of the interview, the question is, do you feel called to this church? And early on, I would always say yes because I wanted the job, right? And then I finally realized about 12 years ago that I wasn't called to a place. That my calling was from God to be a minister, the steward of God's grace, of His Word. And so He gave me this verse, Isaiah 50 verse 4. It says, the sovereign Lord has given me an anointed tongue to know the word that sustains the weary. Watch this. He wakens me morning by morning, wakens my ear to listen as one being taught. The Lord called me to this. The elders at the river didn't call me to be pastor you with me? They invited me into family with you. They called me to be a part of the body of Christ here with you. God set me apart as pastor. That's unique and it's a privilege and it's a responsibility I don't take lightly. More importantly for you, God has called you to that. As a child of God, The Lord has given you an anointed tongue to know the word that sustains the weary. Why? So that everybody in your orbit, everybody in your oikos, everybody in your world will know you live as a child of the God of grace. And you help them take one step closer to Jesus. How does that happen? You have to know them. And they have to know you. And they have to know that there's something at work in you that is not of yourself. You know what it means? It means that you learn to love people unconditionally. I'm going to accept you. You're safe with me. I'm not going to judge you. I'm going to love you through this. Why? Because God has loved me enough to allow me to be a steward of God's Word, to fully know the mystery hidden for ages and generations. I know the tip of the iceberg about God. But I know I love you because God loved me. Is that fair? Is that reasonable? This is what He's called us to. So... To be, to be known but not loved is horrifying. Like you may know me or know about me and not love me. That's a horrifying idea, right? To be loved but not known, it's it's nice, but it's surface. You with me? But to be fully known and deeply loved. You wrapping your brain around this with me? That's what it means to be loved by God. That's what it means to be loved by others with the love of Jesus Christ. That no matter what you've done, you are loved. And I know things about you that others might cringe at, but I accept you and I love you and I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to abandon you. I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to die for you. I'll give my life for you. I'm going to go with you. Wherever you go, I will go. That's covenant. That's what it means to be loved by God and by others who love God. Oh, to be known by God, to be known by others. And regardless of my past, and I've got some some things in my past that I don't want you to know. That's my human condition. But because of the grace of God, We can be here together, do this life together, and we can stand firm on the promise that Jesus Christ loves us unconditionally and He knows the hurt that you feel. He knows your past and loves you, not anyway, loves you, period. That's grace. That's grace. That's a gift. Real love as... As we try to understand it, real love, the love of God, it requires endurance, lasting, no judgment, no give upness. Is that a word? It is now. It requires permanence. That I love you. I'm going to stand by you. And I'm going to love you unconditionally. It's the love that Ashley and I have for each other. Where we know lots of things about each other that's none of your business. But because we know those things about each other and we choose to love each other unconditionally, that's what sets this relationship apart from all you people that I really like, and some of you I love. <laughs> I love all of you, but not like I love her. You with me? And this isn't a commercial for marriage. This is a, this is. A challenge, an exhortation to learn to love others with the love of Christ, to be a steward of grace, to care about each other and to share with them that they are fully known by a loving God, just like you are fully known and fully loved by a gracious and merciful God. That's what it means to be loved. That's what it means to be known. Look at verse 27. To them... You and me, us, the church. God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Watch this. That's the beginning and the end of the mystery. That Jesus Christ ever chose to come in and be a part of your life when so many of the choices and the decisions and the sin wrecked havoc of your life have excluded Jesus Christ. Are you with me? We've all been there. We've all done that. But because of his great love, his rich mercy with which he loved us, Ephesians 4, he stepped into our lives, accepted us, loved us, fought for us, died for us, and he stepped into our lives and he said, you are mine. No matter what you've done. That's the mystery. All the other stuff about God, where He lives, what He looks like, what kind of shape He's in, form. What, what does He? What does He really do? Uh, you know, in heaven without us. What is? What is the Holy Spirit doing? Why can't I see Him? All those other questions that we call mysteries. It's just beautiful misunderstanding of God that we are constantly in search of in our lives, but it doesn't, at the end of the day, it doesn't change the fact that Jesus Christ died for our sin, rose from the dead, so that we can live in freedom and not hostility with Him. To enjoy Him and to learn to know and love others with the love of Christ. He's called you and me to seek Him, but He's also more deeply called us to worship Him, to discover Him, to know His love, to walk in His love, to feel His kindness. In order to find the mystery, the person of God, you have to live in His presence. It's not about knowledge. It's about knowing. You with me? It's not what we know about God that matters. It's that we know God and we allow Him into our lives because He already knows us. And then we get to enjoy his love and his presence. It's a sanctuary. We find all we need, all the mystery that we need to understand about God in his presence. When you allow yourself to start and end there, when you allow your heart to be near God, you stop fearing what He's going to say, say, think, or do about you because He does all of that anyway. And you start appreciating and accepting and enjoying a God who loves you unconditionally. Sanctuary. You see that? That's what it means to be known. You don't even have to know why or how or where to do that. So watch this, the ant, he doesn't really know why he does what he does. He follows the guy in front of him, goes out and gets a piece of whatever and brings it back to the mound to serve his queen, his master, the honeybee, She doesn't really know why she does what she does. She just does what she does because it's all for the glory of God. It's creation living out its purpose. It doesn't require an intelligence, which you and I have, unique from them. We do what we do because we are God's creation. And when we live in that and we worship God, Knowing what we know about God, knowing that we don't know enough about God, but having the privilege to fully know God, that's what sets us apart. You with me? And so we get to be and do who God wants us to be and accomplish what he wants us to accomplish with some knowledge and understanding that His desire on earth is glory. The insect does it and is glorified. Even the crazy Miller moths in your garage right now. They don't know. They don't know why they freak you out and bother you. They don't know why they flutter around your bedroom in the dark and land on your hand and freak you out in the middle of the night. They don't know. They're just doing what they're called to do. You with me? We know God and you know, if you didn't already, you know now because we're talking about Colossians 1, you know that you were created for a unique purpose and God has called you to something special. Now we have a responsibility. This is why God made us to love with his love for his glory. Let's go on to verse 28. Him... We proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. This is really good. Follow me here. This is more than living, but proclaiming God's glory, His truth, worshiping Him, knowing Him, warning everyone, teaching everyone with all wisdom. That we may present everyone mature in Christ. You know what this is about? It's about legacy. This is about leaving something behind that's more than yourself. It's not just living a good life and loving the right people and working a good job and making ends meet and taking care of your responsibilities and being a good dad. It's more than all that. This is being fully known by God and fully knowing that he has prepared you to leave a legacy, not just of a good name, but of faith, hope, trust, joy, mercy, patience, peace, kindness, faithfulness in Christ. It's why you as a parent, you owe it to your children to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Your children don't know any better. They just do what they're told or not do what they're told. They just do what is expected of them or they pay a price, right? When they see... Jesus alive in you, the door opens to a hope of resurrection, of gentleness, of all the fruit of the spirits love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. They understand what they understand. You, as a parent, should be praying mercy, favor, Forgiveness, conviction over your children daily. We had this conversation last night with Luke and Tori talking about what it looks like to be surrendered to God in a way where we live out our purpose so that our children and their children and their children's children, may may your favor, God, be upon me be upon them and go. God, to understand your character, your nature in such a way that our children see it alive in us. Don't have children? We get it. There are people watching you in your daily lives. They need that mercy and grace and the favor of God alive in you, setting a path, setting a course for them, saying, come with me, come, let's go. Let's seek the name of the Lord. Let's seek his glory. Let's do this together. We are called, our ultimate mission in scripture is to be disciple makers to teach our children what it means to follow Jesus with all their lives. Does it secure that truth in their lives? Not necessarily, because they're going to have to make this choice for themselves. But you cannot live in such a way that your children might not take root of that. You have to live your life in such a way that he's taken root in your life And trust that he will then deeply plant his love, his goodness in them, and that they will then also grow in godliness. Your job is to pursue him with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength, to love him that way and let him do the hard part. You with me? I believe with all my heart that God will bless that in your family. Whether it's immediate or whether it is one day to come, God will redeem his own. Live in such a way that they may see that. This is Christianity one-on-one. Not that you understand everything about God, but that you know God and you love Him and His ways, and you let it change your life. And then pray desperately on your knees for it to change others in your life. Trust God to make that real change in them. That's what it means to be known by wisdom. That's what it means to be known by grace. Verse 29, for this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. Listen to me very carefully. You should beware of any Christian work, any Christian minister, pastor, anyone who calls themselves a Christian. Beware of anyone who doesn't understand or teach. This is all about your identity in Christ. This is not about my vision, my dream as a pastor, not where we're going, what it's going to look like, how we're going to do this and that. It's never about the work of the ministry. It's all about the ministry of the work, which should all point us to Jesus. If it's anything less than concentration on the heart of God, run. If it's ever about the building, the place, the location, the number, the what it looks like, how we do it, the sound of the music, the lights in the room, whatever. If it's about anything other than then concentration on the heart of God, run. And having been here for six months, it's crazy. It feels like so much longer in a good way. <laughs> After six months, I can tell you definitively with all the confidence in the world that our heart is that you know Jesus. That you experience him in fullness. You walk in joy, in step with God the Father. That's why we're here. Philippians 2.13 says, it is God who is at work, both to His will and for His good pleasure. Watch this. To know God is to know what He's doing and to know why He's doing it. And for us, that means that we are known by our fruit. The way we choose to live and treat people and care about others. The way we choose to be a neighbor. The way we embrace those who are different from us or even think differently than us. God has not called you to know all the answers. God's not asking you to always know what to say. He's not asking you or calling you to fix other people's problems. You know what He's called you to? He's called you to fall in love with Him in such a way that everything you do and what you say comes from a place where you love and know God and you are fully known and deeply loved by him. And so that when people look at your life, they say, that person loves God. That's what this is all about. So to be a steward of God's grace, to be a minister, to understand the mystery of God, attainable or unattainable, it's about helping people connect with your Jesus. That's what he's called us to, to be known and to know who he is. You are deeply known and you are deeply loved. I think we've established some of that here. But you're you're not, you're not just called to understand that. The invitation of God is that you live that. It's that we live in that freedom and that joy. And sometimes pain and suffering happens. Sometimes hard decisions have to be made. Sometimes we make choices that impact others. We talked about this reconciliation last week. Are the decisions the choices of our lives? Are they... Helping people know Jesus more, or are they simply causing an interruption in their lives? You with me? What if, what if the way we lived our lives exposed the heart of God and not a heart of sin? What if the way We cared about people and loved them and led them and led our children, led our families, led our homes, led the people God's entrusted us to lead. What if that pointed them to Jesus, not just pointed them to a way out? This is an invitation to you and me. So here's what I want us to do. As we continue in worship this morning, uh, Bray and his team, uh, Ashley's, are going to come up and continue to lead us in worship. I want to I challenge you this morning to do something different. Because I don't want you to leave here the same as when you came in. There's too much on the line. We live in a pivotal, <clears throat> a pivotal, crucial moment in history. People walked into the outlet mall in Allen, Texas, yesterday afternoon, and had no idea that their life was going to be snuffed out because of someone else's anger and frustration. We just don't have any idea what the future holds what tomorrow? What today holds for us. This is the moment to fully know that you are deeply loved, fully known by God. And you're going to make sure your family lives in that joy and freedom. Don't miss it. Don't let your circumstances dictate how you live and what you do. Let your love of God determine how you will love, what you do, the choices you make. It will change not just the river, not just Panhandle, Texas, not just Texas, not just the United States. This will change the world, and God wants it to begin right here with you and me. Lay it at his feet today and choose for your family. Nobody's going to harm you, not on my watch, because I know that my God lives. He's redeemed us and I'm persuaded to do that which I am able unto him until that day. That's the call. God, I just pray for each of us in this room. There are good people here and there are great people here. There are people who love you, live for you, teach you, care for others well. And then there are some of us we are just trying to survive. But every one of us are fully known by you. Every one of us are deeply loved by you. Oh God, that today we would not leave here without grasping the love of God in Jesus. God, let us leave here today and take you with us. Not just come into sanctuary trying to find some peace, But coming in, capturing you, and taking that peace with us. Help us, God. We need you. We give all this to you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. We're going to have some prayer team people at the tables in the corners. Come. Let them pray with you. Let God work in you. Let him change your life. Ask for courage, for peace, for help, whatever you need to take Jesus with you out of here today.
0: And that's this week's message. We hope that you are encouraged and inspired. If you would like to join our online campus and experience the service as it happens live, go follow us on Facebook or YouTube by searching The River in Panhandle, Texas. Have an amazing day and blessed week.